What's the deal? What's the deal? Back again. Politics in the podcast. We're here finna get it in, man. Talk about a slew of things. We got football returning this week. We got the 2K ratings dropping, so you know NBA season about to start. Man, the league going crazy. Montrez Harrell just signed to Philadelphia. You know, we got all types of moves being made, you know, in the NBA. That's going to change the scope of things. You know, we got Kawhi Leonard coming back with the Clippers, man. This shit right now is unpredictable. So let's get to the first topic at hand, man. 2K23 released the ratings today, man. And Giannis was a top-rated player at 97. Then we had a slew of other ones. We had LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. They all came in at a 96 overall. So I'm going to bring in, man, my guest, and we're going to talk about this, man. So y'all seen these 2K ratings? What's y'all thoughts on Giannis being the top-rated player? And what's y'all thoughts on him being a 97 there's nobody deserving 98 and 99 kevin durant was out talking about he should be a 99 uh, a lot of players is mad at their ratings what's your thoughts on this uh 2k rating drop hey first shout out to shout out to 2k always making a great game uh i think that somebody's got to be at least a 98 i understand not a 99 um if it were my opinion, you know, I'm obviously going to go with uh, the GOAT, LeBron James. That should be a 98. But, you know, I think Joel Embiid, uh, he's got to be a 98. I think that he gets disrespected in this league. I think nobody can stop him. I think he's a beast. Uh, and I really think that, you know, you're going to see why jo- Joel Embiid should be a 98 this coming season. Um, but as far as the 96s go, I, I agree with him. Um, Giannis at the top. Uh, I'd give it to Joel Embiid, but that's just me. Yo, did anybody see um, Agent Zero? You know, Agent Zero, just the other day, he was actually speaking about uh, Giannis saying that he's not a fully developed player. He actually doesn't know how to fully play basketball. He's just big. He's in a really good uh, situation. I'm not going to disrespect him like that, but Giannis is not a 98-97, bro. I'm sorry. He's He's mm-hmm. just not. He's he's just not. He's not that. You can look at him and see the way he plays. He doesn't have that Kobe feel to him, that Jordan feel to him. He just he's just big. To give him a ninety eight at skill, mm-hmm. I mean we're kind of lowering our level. I agree. Don't agree with it at all. Kevin Durant's way over him. Can you hear me? You got me, Kayla. Did anybody? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Did, did anybody oh, see when wow. Gilbert Arenas was talking about him? Yeah, I I seen that he was and and everybody was killing him and everybody was naming Giannis the best player in the league and that he is the top player in the league. What he did with Milwaukee, taking them to seven without Chris Middleton after winning that championship and eliminating Durant. That was like, how could you put Durant over him? Especially when he took Boston to seven without Chris Middleton. But then Boston swept Kevin Durant, swept him up out of there. So I, I, I get they stance on, you know, the, the last two years. You can't say that Giannis hasn't, you know, proved his shit over Kevin Durant. All right, let me, can I go now? 
I got, Go I got, I got the basketball. If you guys, if you guys, look, what's up, guys? You look past and you'll see one of my kids still training. His dad ain't here yet, so I apologize. Um, I, I actually agree with uh, 2K giving Giannis 97, and the only reason why I say this is because over the last few years they've been honoring other players for different reasons. Like Damian Lillard had higher ratings the last couple of years than what we anticipated because of his loyalty to Portland and what he was doing during regular season, not during playoffs. And I think if you look at just the last two playoff runs, Giannis was like a very, you know, serious dominant force in the East. And with him winning his ring, winning two MVPs, I think they're trying to like respectfully make everybody else look at the life after LeBron. Because if you make everybody else a 96, it's like, okay, yeah, that's a given. But why why Giannis? Like, why Giannis? Well, he's like, if he ever gets a mid-range, and if he ever develops handles, he will be something of a Greek freak. Like, he will own up to his name. He'll break a few records. And there might be, you know, I want to say he'll ever be added to the GOAT conversation. But I think that he'll be brought up as, like, one of the best Bucks, even though Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. Like, it might be something, like, monumental. Just saying. Okay, but then we look at the 96ers, and you got LeBron in year 2025. Come on, man. Come on, man. Still playing, on, and he's as a 96. Look, look, Hold on. Hold on. I'm not let a me, so you, you first of all, he can't play more than what fifty games in the last two seasons. Then you guys didn't make the playoffs and got bounced in the first round. Sir, so that's the that's, last two that's, years. That's, so for going in, what is this year twenty twenty one? Going into that, 20. I can't. I don't believe coming from the last two years that LeBron came Damn. off of. He deserves to be there a ninety six. If you're giving Kevin Durant a ninety six, he averaged thirty something. Last year, dominant the full season. We're not talking about the playoffs, but the season. So to give LeBron James the same rating as Kevin Durant, I understand why Kevin Durant feel disrespected. But I don't, I don't think you take it in consideration that 2K likes to fluctuate the ratings within the first couple weeks of the season. They also like to uh, uh, mirror the schedule that, that they have. But I also but think I also that... Um, Kevin Durant didn't live up to his name. He didn't do what he was supposed to do last season. Because they underachieved, don't disrespect Kevin Durant. I'm not disrespecting KD. I'm just saying, based off of how 2K is doing the ratings right now, it's looking more or less like if you're not a uh, like if you're not already solidified, if you don't already have like that verified blue check like on Instagram, they're basically throwing you in that 96, you the next goat conversation category if you get what I'm saying. And LeBron being at year 20, they're leaving him on the tail end of it compared to leading the charge like he has in the past. Because I think he's one of the only players to be 99. Pop, pop the graphic up one more time, Murdoch. Murdoch yeah. on the board. Shout out to Murdoch. Let's look at these ratings. So you're telling me that LeBron James is equal to Joel Embiid right now. You're telling me LeBron James is equal right. to, to Jokic right now. You're but telling you me LeBron remember, James is equal to Kevin Durant right, right. now. That's what you're telling though. me. We're talking about 2K, though. We're talking about 2K, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is a, it's a video game. It's a video yeah. game. Because in all honesty, at, Luka should be higher up than, uh, than like, well, at least Joel Embiid but and, if you put, and Joker. 
if you play any of these video games, you you know that, you know, guys like Giannis, LeBron, you know, they're easy to play with. Like the, to use the real skill in the game is hard. So if they're not giving it to guys like Kevin Durant, who can shoot, dribble, pass, who can do it all. Like, Thank you. Giannis, to me, well, like think you said, about it. Look, deserve that. No, opinion. but look, really think about it. Look, I appreciate you so much for keeping it strict, like strictly gaming, right? If you think about any of those players on the list, no one can grab a rebound and has all the different badges and can go coast to coast and dunk on anybody. LeBron used to be able to do that. They don't allow him to do that anymore. Kevin Durant is not a big slasher dunker. You think about Giannis's game. He is a slasher and he's seven foot. There's no way you're supposed to be able to stop him in the video game unless you had Shaq or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Bill Russell. You know what I mean? Like there is no no dominant bigs and Joel Embiid is a big and he's 96. So it kind of makes sense. Same with Joker. But that's only video game wise. though. So I, I really think that Joel Embiid ain't really getting his flowers, man. Like that, that he stayed healthy all he last year. He dominated. They cheated him out the MVP. He should have won the award. And now they sound LeBron James in, in year 25 is equal to him. It's just this is crazy. It's just as good as him. Last one. <laughs> but, but speaking of the 76ers, man, so they just mm. made another signing, man. They signed Montrez Harrell. And now it's looking like Philadelphia with a, a healthy and happy James Harden coming in from the get-go. Philadelphia might actually have a chance something crazy but yep. then again you look at their coach and it's doc rivers and i don't believe in doc rivers i'm a Clippers fan and i feel like doc rivers was the reason why we didn't get a championship with lob city so i'm not a doc rivers fan what are y'all thoughts of what they put together over there at philadelphia and are they true contenders in the east can they really you know come out the east with all the talent over there Honestly, I don't know how far they'll go out the East, but when you really look at that four that you put up on the screen, if they can build any type of chemistry with James Harden back in shape and actually engaged in playing the type of basketball he's capable of playing, that takes so much additional attention off Joel Embiid, who is a very skilled player from the high post, low post, wing, corner, wherever their matchups are a real problem for a lot of teams, not just in the East, but in the West as well. And Mar Montrez Harold on a high pick and roll. And he has like a midi that a lot of people sleep on. So in retrospect, that's a, like, that's a great squad. I can see AI uh, putting a lot of, uh, a lot of content out on IG for them. Yeah. I, I think that, Yes, they are contenders because they have Joel Embiid. If Maxi continues to get better, if Thibel can, you know, make some make a couple more jumpers, if we can get the same stuff out of Tobias Harris, and if James Harden is is just in shape and can distribute and guys are knocking down shots, I mean, I don't know how you stop Joel Embiid. The only team I feel like can stop them is Doc Rivers. <laughs> um you know, as the coach, I think if if Doc Rivers puts them in the right position, that who's going to beat them? Because nobody has a. It's about matchups. No one can match up with Joel Embiid. Name me one person that can match up with him. 
So if he gets anything from James Harden and Thibault and Maxi and Tobias Harris, I mean, who's going to beat them? Um, Giannis, according to NBA 2K, he's the best <laughs> player in the league. So I don't know. I think that after being snubbed for the MVP two years in a row, I think that this is really Giannis's time to really show the world who he is, you know, and he's either going to step up to that plate and, and prove it like Giannis did a few years ago, you know, finally breaking through and winning that championship, or is he going to crumble, you know, and make excuses like he's been doing because that's kind of been the history. And, and you know, him and you know, you know how he gets in these press conferences and he points out, you know, everybody else and he singles everybody out. And that was one of the big reasons why Ben Simmons, you know, couldn't do nothing and wanted out of there because it was like, you know, not only am I going through this shit, but then my my teammate, my supposed to be my man, my co-star, he going to get up in the press conference and talk shit about me every chance that he gets. Right. You know, that shit, you know, that, that ain't cool. So I don't know, you know, if anything, Joel going to really have to step up and prove that he's the best player of the year, I mean, of the league, or, you know, we gonna, he's going to be like a high-tier all-star, you know, like Dwight Howard was for a little bit. No, don't do that. Don't compare him to Dwight Howard because mm-hmm. Dwight Howard was a defensive first-type player, and then him being unstoppable down low just made it easy for him to average, you know, like 18 and 10. I think Joel really had all of his morale and all of his confidence ripped out of his soul when Kawhi Leonard hit that that corner jumper when he was still with Toronto Raptors. And then the very next for the next two seasons, when you think about it, they they got they had they had Seth Curry, who's currently averaging a higher three point percentage than his brother, who's the greatest shooter of all time. And you Mm -hmm. let him go like you let him go with Ben Simmons, where it's like, are you serious? Like, are you serious right now? Like, like if I'm the franchise player and I can't even get one of the players that are a key asset to the way the team is currently constructed, not only am I going to talk a whole bunch of mess, I'm also going to show my discomfort by not – like, if you notice, Joel didn't post nothing this summer. He did not put out no content of him working out. You didn't see him at any of the uh, of the women's games for the WNBA. Right, because he was showing his discomfort with everything that was going on. Like, you respect me or let me walk, but, you know, he's locked in with his contract. So, you know, his uh, actions are speaking louder than his words. Well, you know, Daryl Morey wanted James Harden at all right. costs. Yep. And since he got over there, when, when, when he was still in Houston, he was trying to get James Harden and was ready to, to give up the house to get James Harden over there from the get-go. And when they pulled the trigger and got James Harden when he was not in shape and everything, I mean, it was like a, a, a obvious thing for me, especially with, with Daryl Morey. It's like he's always going to bet on his man, James Harden. And this is why James Harden was willing to give money back, you know, and, and mm-hmm. watching him come in shape. And, and I don't know if that step back with that rule change, I don't know if that step back is ever going to be what it used to be. Yeah. But James Harden is going to be a, a top three, top four, you know, point guard. He's not going to necessarily be the shooting guard that, or the scorer that he used to be. But he's going to be one of the top, you know, facilitators and distributors in the league. So, so let's get to the, the NBA, I mean, the NFL. 
so we got to get to this uh, San Diego Chargers squad, man, because Justin Herbert really stepped it up last year and proved that he's one of the best up-and-coming quarterbacks in the league. And now they got, you know, the Bosa brother over there. That's crazy. And then they they turn around and they get Khalil Mack. So now they looking like, you know, to, to have one of the best defensive lines and defenses, period, in the league. So can the Chargers really, like, make a run for the Super Bowl this year? Absolutely. Do y'all believe in, do y'all believe in the Chargers? Absolutely. Uh, one reason I believe in the Chargers is because of Derwin James. He's an absolute dog. He eats. He is Mr. Dog Food himself. Uh, he's going to make plays. Not only did they add Khalil Mack, but I don't know if you know, they added a corner as well, too. So when you got guys that can get after the quarterback and you got good guys in the secondary, that's that's the recipe to win in this league nowadays. So when you tie that with Justin Herbert, you tie that with Eckler, uh, I mean, if they can put all the pieces together, I, they can win. Now, a lot of it's going to hinge on if Khalil Mack can stay healthy because we saw that he, ha- he didn't stay healthy in Chicago. You know, your best – my dad always told me, your best ability is availability. So if you're not available, you can't even contribute or help us. So, yeah, that, that sounds good on paper. But, again, they, they added the cornerback the there as well, too. And I think they're poised to, to have another good season um, if Khalil Mack can stay healthy. Super Bowl, long stretch. Their coach, you know, he I don't know if I, I believe in him completely. Uh, but the team, enough talent for sure. I'm biased because I've always rocked with the don't win Raiders. So um, I, I, I truthfully haven't been paying too much attention to the Chargers. Um, I thought the Khalil Mack was an amazing pickup. Um, and then I'm, I guess I'm just curious more or less than have any real like suggestion or not suggestion, but uh, prediction of the season. I just would like to see how they turn out because um, with Phillip Rivers, you know, did he leave and win a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Did, no, he, he left right. and went to the Colts. I, I don't right, know. If he right. I don't know. I know. And what was? And what was the other? What was the other Chargers quarterback that left? You might have that Drew Laker Brees. hat on on too tight. Drew boy. Brees. They, they Drew had Brees. Drew Brees. And, and All right. No, I know, but they didn't have and any Rivers together. And Brees right. left to the Saints. Mm-hmm. And, okay. And, and they, they didn't have they didn't have any significant quarterback right over the last few years. No, until Justin Herbert right now. Right. They had Tyrod so, Taylor. He was playing good. Then he got hurt. They well, they punctured his lung or whatever. No, but I just, I just really want you guys to see the ignorance that I just had for the San Diego Chargers. You see how far back I threw out their quarterback because I haven't been paying any attention whatsoever. And not because of, you know, not knocking them. It's just they don't make as much noise as they used to. They, they just don't stand out. And I don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to them, but I hope the best. I hope the best with their new, you know, acquisitions. But Raider Nation, bias. <laughs> yeah, they signed. Yeah, they, they signed J.C. Jackson. I, yeah, I, I couldn't think of his name. J.C. Jackson. Yeah, they're they're gonna be tough. And Herbert's a dog. And Derwin's right. a dog. So would you say that Justin Herbert is, you know, primed to be a top five quarterback? What is his potential? Is he just gonna be a a solid starter, or is he going to be a superstar in the league? 
You know, that's a that's a good question that you asked, Dank. He's got what is what do we all say? You got to win the big games. You got to win right. the big games. You got to show up when it matters most. And you know, as good as Justin Herbert has been during the regular season, we've had a chance to see him in the playoffs, and he hasn't been able to to elevate his play and elevate his team to to get into uh, the playoffs. So I think just like any other quarterback, any other person out here proving themselves. We want to know what you do when it matters most. So I think this year he's got enough talent around him. He's got everything he needs to be successful. So if they're not successful, you know, it's going to fall a lot on Justin Herbert's shoulders. And, you know, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see where, where, where he ends up, if he regresses or if he, you know, takes a step like I feel like a lot of us think he can. Well, I, I think that they really just – look right across the hall at the other locker room and see how much money the Rams spent to get that Super Bowl. And they turned around and said, F them picks. We finna do the same thing. And they went out and they bolstered their defense and they got a few more uh, targets, you know, and, and, and talent, you know, to go to give Justin Herbert some more toys out there. And, and they, I feel like they all in. I think they should make a run for Odell Beckham. You know, any talent you can can add to this, you know, for for a lower price, go for it right now. Because if you really gonna get Khalil Mack and do all these signings and, and and spend this money, you might as well trade them picks, try to give get a couple more assets, and go all in on this on this year. That that's what I would do. If I was the San Diego, I mean the LA Chargers, I'm still thinking they're in San Diego. Man. Yeah. All right, so 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 let's get to this hip hop news, man. If you haven't heard, the Migos have broken up. So I wouldn't even say that they're the Migos anymore. So so Offset has left. Offset and Quavo are are dropping a new album. I don't know if they're going to be like a new name group or if they're just going to, you know, run off of, you know, the Migos still. But Takeoff has officially left the group. And his word in, behind the scenes that he's being blackballed as he paid all this money to get out his contract. And now, you know, the new Migo duo is set to drop a new album. And so... All of the, the accolades and all of the hits and just the splash that the Migos have made over the years. Like, are the Migos days done as far as like being popular artists? And who was the best Migo out of the group if you have to pick one? Mm. Uh, man, I don't know where you go with that one. I mean, Quavo got the best jumper, so you got to go with Quavo. He's always the one at all the different celebrity games. Uh, you know, he's always giving out the different chains. He hit, uh, you know, Trey Young, named him Ice Trey. I mean, he seems like he's always been, like, the front runner of the group. Um, I don't know. I just – I think it's kind of crazy when you think of Offset and Cardi B both kind of taking a step back from the limelight and then the rest of Migos still going forward where they have, like, that whole marriage and children where you don't know if they're going to try to use that. But at the same time, I think it might be another chess move that we're just not paying attention to, you know, create a little bit of drama that's not, you know, that doesn't have any real weight. Let two go and do their own thing because they don't necessarily have like that family demographic. Maybe Cardi B and Offset do something together. 
take off. And I literally, it could take off and literally be great and, you know, try to mirror a Jay-Z, Beyonce type yeah. vibe. And if it doesn't and it flops, then he can turn around and go back to Nigos for a reunion album slash tour that would then make everybody go up. And if not everybody, at least all of ATL. And that's all that really matters to them. So I think it's, I think it's not even what we think it is. I think it's a real life, like, uh, um, a Rough Riders, uh, old Rockefeller, uh, old Cash Money type, you know, setup play that we're just not, you know, we're not privy to. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. One thing I love is my is my hip hop and my rap music, and yeah. you know what I think is going on right now is you know the fact you said it yourself. The fact that they even have to do these gimmicky things to get people to talk about them, to click on their name. They got to talk about getting out of contracts. You know, they got to do all this stuff. It, it just tells you everybody's run comes to an end. Um, and, Facts. You, you know, if, if you're if you're being if I'm being honest, Offset benefited a lot from his relationship with Cardi B. You know, if he's not with Cardi B, you know, I don't really know if he if he's as hot as, as he is. You know, a lot of Cardi B fans are just going to rock with Offset just off the rip because of the relationship. You know how that goes. Right. So for Offset to to be, you know, even asking for money or whatever, if he's doing that, you know, that's, that's out of pocket for the Migos to think that they're worth a big ticket bag. Like they, they need to put, labels need to put money behind them. You know, they haven't really done enough to to put that kind of money behind them. Like they're a top tier artist right now. You know, they're not a little baby. They're not a money bag. Yo, you know, even a big 30, you know, everything in Memphis is, is taking off like a rocket right now. And, you know, they're not even as hot as some of their second and third tier tier artists, you know? So were they good before? Absolutely. But I think just, just Quavo and, and offset, no takeoff. I mean, that, I mean, if you really want to be real, people weren't really calling takeoff for for verses like that. When's the last time you heard a takeoff verse? Oh, you know what? The takeoff uh, when they did that one on Cosmic Kev, I think it was. They had on Cosmic really, Kev, had, exactly. When's the hey, last man, time you it heard was a two a, and a, a half. Hey, it was a two and a half minute freestyle. We bumped it in the car one good time. Hey, I'm not. Hey. <laughs> So I know I I'm with you. I'm with you. I just I really do think it's a I, it has to be a ploy for relevancy because they're falling off so much. Like mm -hmm. and it's been a and it hasn't even been a slow decline. You want to say once COVID hit, they kind of started to fall off completely because that's when Cardi B took off. Mm -hmm. Like literally, Cardi B took off and was the second highest grossing woman on OnlyFans, right? while she has her husband in the other room and then they were playing that whole, oh, we broke up, we're back together, broke up, back together, had two kids. Like, like I mean, the fact that I don't they know. I think have to do the gimmicks is, is it tells yeah. you a lot about where they're at, in my opinion. It tells so, you a lot. So, so let's talk about the music. The, what do you think the music is going to be like without take oh, off? The third I mean, album, I think, won't matter. Yeah. I think the third album won't matter as much. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because wh whoever's rapping, the other two are throwing in some solid ad-libs. But the game has changed so much that everybody's, like, stuck on Jack Harlow. And, you know, I mean, like... You know, Nobody want to hear... Hibbity, 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 No, but you forgot A. You forgot the A at the end. You got to throw in the A at the end. Scotty! Scotty! Herbie! 
Square me. We, hey, listen, they're they're thirty some years old now. Like we, nobody's nobody is 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 listening to that no more. I'm sorry. They were hot, but man, go ahead and put the water out on the Migos, man. I'm not saying they're gonna fall off, but they need to focus more on trying to parlay their rap career and their fame into you know other stuff. I'm sure like rap snacks, are, but, but, like rap snacks. But that's that's even small cheese. Like you know, they gotta know. try to parlay it into a media company or you know something outside the label. Maybe they you know open up a think tank in Atlanta or you know they they, they need to parlay what they have right now and the millions of followers into another business because this is clearly the end of the run and they got beef with P and Q at QC because they want money behind them and they're not getting the money they used to used to. And when you don't have that money, you can't pay the bloggers. You can't pay the radio stations to play your music. You know, you, you don't get as hot because it costs to play now. Mm, celebrity boxing. That's a good one. I mean, for real, it is pay for play in this industry, man. And I, that's the way it kind of always is. You you get on the back end and you split the back end. But the mm-hmm. front end is pay for play. And you think that they ain't paying? That's why people sign deals so that they can get a budget, so that they can pay for play, so that exactly. they can make the money on the back end. That is the whole system. So no matter whether it's coming out your pocket or the label pocket, it's coming out of pocket. It's pay for play. There's no other way around. You pay until you get paid. And that's really the game. And mm-hmm. and, and that's why podcasting is so popular. And it's because, you know, podcasters are getting a, a salary to do a podcast and distribute it and share and, and do rev share on the back end mm-hmm. versus a, a, a rapper is getting a deal that is a loan that they have to recoup before there's any profit. Exactly. And then the label takes a majority of the profit and it's a 30, 70-30 uh, split and the label's taking 70. So they have to make their money they put in you back and then mm-hmm. they're taking the lion's share of the money that comes in. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I can't agree with you more. And then that's why you hear a lot of artists complaining Oh, I'm not getting paid from the label. The label isn't paying me. Well, the label gave you three million up front. You bought a Bugatti. You bought you bought Elliot's whole entire catalog. You have grills, diamonds. You looked the part. And and somebody, even though you got it up front, somebody's got to pay make that money back. And then on top of that, they own they own the rights to the music. So mm-hmm. a lot of these artists and rappers are in their home city. They're they're throwing up the set. They're back in their hood. A lot of them are dying in their own hoods. And who owns the right to this music? Not the families of these people, not the friends. It's the labels that own it. So when they die, we run up the streams millions and millions and millions of times. And who makes the money off that? The label does. So, I mean, at some point, we got to, as a people, we got to start being a little smarter. But at the end of the day, you, you take somebody that's never had nothing and you give them all that money. It's hard to, to try to keep them on a, on a track. You know, they're going to do what they were doing. Money makes you more of what you are. It don't make you better. You see, but now a lot of these rappers think that they can go the independent route and that they think that that's the way that to keep the majority of the bag and control the bag. But a lot of the time you don't move like the label will make you move. And this is what's getting you to these scenarios where you're dying every two corners because the label wouldn't have you at the damn concert with YG and them, Draco. Mm-hmm. And then you, mm-hmm. and then it should happen. And then they like, 
you know, and, and these labels do take out insurance policies on, on everybody. It's yeah, like a hood life do. insurance policy because, like you said, if you really do get the three million up top or up front, and you believe that you are never going to make one million to save your life, like at any moment and any time in any multiverse, so to speak, right? You get that three million, you buy people's stuff you need, and even if you try to invest the other, eventually when it's time to play the piper, you're thinking to yourself, well, at least I already got it and everyone else is taken care of, I'm good. And then like you said, if you end up dying and they own all the rights to your music, then there goes the legacy that you thought you were setting up. And you're young, like you're, you got a lot of these people, you know, starting at 14, 15, like Wayne back in the day, but even the ones now, like there's more there's more kids under tour i want to say kids because we in our 30s now but like there's more rappers under 23 so to speak that are getting millions and, and falling off and we don't even know you know who they are before they end up dying like never really heard two two songs off their album or mixtape because it's it's like a, a quick recycling just so so what is, the shelf, what is the shelf life of an artist now how how often how long do you think an artist could really last in the game 18 months to two years to me and the 18 months depends on if your song comes with a cool dance that people decide to trend on tiktok I, mm -hmm. yeah that's a, that's a good point the trend on tiktok uh i think a, an artist's shelf life is as as long as as long as his work ethic allows it to be look at any good artist right when Lil baby came out what did he do he dropped music drop music drop music when meek mill came out he was dropping music dropping music dropping music even the amigos when they came out we was we got mixtapes every three months basically we had new music and to me what that does for the artist is it gives them a sample of what people like so now they can prolong their career because they got a bigger sample size on what people listen to, what they like, what they don't like. Okay, like this. Let's do a little more of this. If you are waiting all year to drop one project and then you drop one project and you expect it to do big things and then it doesn't really, you know, go nowhere. Now you're discouraged. Now you're mad. And now you like people don't rock with my music, but you didn't even give people enough music to, to judge you to really decide if they like you or not. And I think if people stayed and if the artist stayed in the studio and kept dropping music that that will prolong their career but if for the regular artist man like he said 18 months two years two two summers really you yeah. really got two summers to be high and, you know after you, you that you, know at, you you look at a song like like whoopty whoopty was one of the hottest songs ever do you think that he will ever get another hit Mm -mm. I got a think good example. That he, can he even tore off of that? Go ahead. Fetty Wap. Look at Fetty Wap. Be my trap queen. Let her hit. And I had everybody was singing that. Now you can't even. Fetty Wap can't even find his own eye. He just he got was, sentenced for 10 years. He pled guilty to that, uh, that drug trafficking charge. Yeah, look. Look. And when the rap. Life sentence. Work, when the rap don't work, you go back. You go back to where you where you was making the money the first time, or while you in the game, you still trapping to keep up with the Joneses, and that's how you see people getting caught up in their own city with weight. You know, it's like these these guys shouldn't even be doing that. But why do they feel like they have to? They that's chasing, what I would ask they, myself. They chasing the rabbit down the rabbit hole, like Alice. Because they got to make Alice profit off of that that loan that they took off. Yeah, and the only way they know how to make profit is to flip them packs. 
Because everybody thinks that you could just sell drugs through the mail now. Mm -hmm. so, so because that's what everybody's doing, and that's what everybody feels like doing. You know, everybody, oh, I do the packs, I get the packs, I flip the packs. Well, you see what happened to Fetty Wap, man. So, I mean, do we, do as you please, man. I mean, the game is to be sold, not to be told. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to get your money, get your money. But, but no, if you sign to a rap deal, that shit is a loan. And then people want their chips with dip. And that's mm -hmm. fact. Every mm -hmm. time. On time. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's well, let's get to this political landscape, because one week they raid in Trump's house. The next week, a judge is ordering that uh, Biden's administration gives over emails from Dr. Felci and Jean Pierre about misinformation that they were sending to social media companies to block and post as regarding the COVID-19 uh, debacle. So basically, Dr. Fauci and Jean Pierre, which was the head of Biden's COVID-19 uh, group, whatever he called it, but they were basically feeding the misinformation to the social media sites on purpose. And now the judge has subpoenaed to get records of those emails so that they can actually understand and read what the information was that they were sending to these social media sites. Because not only were the social media sites pushing the information, but they would they would uh, block you, and if you put some shit up opposing their information, they would deem your shit misinformation and mark your post as you know fake news and misinformation. So, what are y'all thoughts on Biden's administration and his whole COVID nineteen debacle and this misinformation from Dr. Fauci? Mm. So, um, did you just indirectly say that all the fake Instagram media posts about what all the details of what COVID-19 was, was being purposely leaked from them? And then now it's all being brought back up, meaning that there could have been an agenda. There's a yes. possible agenda behind mm -hmm. the, the uh, excessive and expedited vaccinations of more than half the United States? No way. Is that also because we're coming up on the next election and it's time to start making people think more in depth about politics where we've been more stuck on sports and entertainment as always because, oh wait, COVID's, COVID's taking a, a, a little bit of a break and now we're back outside without masks. So now you're gonna cause an uproar while everyone's already hot and bothered with information that we already kind of felt in our hearts and soul was wrong anyway. Mm -hmm. That's, um, I don't want to say I told you so, but um, I just have that feeling of like, oh yeah, so you believe everything of what you heard and none of what you saw. You deserve that. Like, I'm sorry, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I, you, you, valid points. I, I would take it. Uh, I would take it a, a different, a different place. Uh, I mean, all right, let's look at it. They just raided Trump, seized documents from Trump. Now you turn around. Now Dr. Fauci and uh, Jean Pierre and Biden are getting their documents looked into. Well, I would say, where's the source coming from? Well, I actually. Uh, follow politics and my dad does too we talk about all the time 
the judge that is looking into this uh, was appointed, uh, you know, by Republicans uh, when Trump was in office. Uh, it's probably one of Trump's uh, judge buddies. And this is nothing more than a uh, tactic to try to boost Trump's name and equate equate issues. So Trump's getting looked into. Look, Biden's getting looked into. That that's really mm-hmm. that's really all it is right now. It's a way to sow dissension. It's a way to you know make people you know pick a side. And you know I've always said that people choosing the middle and not choosing right or left is part of the right's plan to win the election they need people to not vote so when people say i'm not voting f that that that's part of the plan you know that's part of the plan whether you i don't care which way you vote i I made a lot of money in the stock market when trump was in office but i don't necessarily agree with how he is as a person is there stuff joe biden does i don't agree with yeah but in this situation right now with these documents this is nothing more than a try to equate blame because they want to boast, build Trump up so that way he can run for the presidency again, which, you know, I don't want to see. Do I hate Trump? No. But do I want to see him be president again? Absolutely not. Do I think Biden is, good, is a good president? Not really either. And I think a lot of people are in the middle on this on this type of issue, if you were to ask me. What's your, what's your thoughts, Dank? I, I want to hear what you got to say about this. I mean... You already know it's all smoke and mirrors. This election, it, it reminds me of the, the movie Will Ferrell, the campaign, and he was running mm. against his boy, and they was low key really friends that decided to run against each other, and they just doing shit back and forth to each other. It's kind of like a pity war, you know, like a feud, and you know, for the people to see and, and decide who's the victor of this petty war. It's really sad that the future, you know, the, the kids, the the future of our nation is at stake. And, and it's a shit show. And, and people will rather see a shit show than to actually educate themselves on what's actually going on. And that's, that's the biggest part of it for me, is that why are they putting on this shit show? That's what people want to see. You'll see a reality TV show and you'll think like, man, the way Love and Hip Hop was so fake, the way basketball-wise was so fake, I couldn't imagine them creating new, new, you know, reality TV shows at this point. Because everybody knows, just like wrestling, WrestleMania is still selling out. And most of the people that go to WrestleMania are our age or older. Yep. They've been to wrestling was fake, but they still selling mm-hmm. out arenas. People don't really want to dabble in what's real. People want to. People like the fake. That's why fake boosters mm-hmm. is everywhere. That's why yep. fake watch is sold on the internet. That's why the metaverse is being created. People yep. like everything that is fake. They don't Listen. want the real. They want to escape the real and go to the fake because the fake is easier to do. When yep. you lie, when you lie, people buy. I, I want you guys, everybody that's watching. Tank, I want you to take this. Mr. Laker, you take this. When you lie, people buy. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, sad. It's facts. Yeah. Hey, that's it's- one. Okay, so literally, that's one of the main reasons why I go by the mayor. I need an alias because I hated my name being Alvin, right? 
I'm telling the kids as I'm mentoring, as my phone drops, I'm telling the kids as I'm mentoring, like, you got to embrace who you are, because until you do, people are going to walk all over you, taking advantage of you or whatever, right? Get the name the mayor from one of the parents, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to run with it. As soon as I do that now, it's, oh, well, are you really into politics? You really into this? You really into that? Anything other than the fact that I'm talking about the kids. I'm making it a, a, a point and effort to say, oh, I'm all about the youth. My brand is focused on the future. They're the future. We focus on them. Everything is to get you to look at me and know that they're the real focal point that we should be putting, you know, energy and effort into. But it never happens. But you do some extra, like, you know, Instagram reel or something like me and y'all did last week. And everybody laughs and it's funny and it gets brought up in a different way. But it's like, like you guys both just said, the fake sells, right? If we know the earth is hot, is the hottest it's ever been. We know uh, food is, is spiking while gas prices are going down. Why are you still wasting money on stuff that doesn't matter? Because you rather say, oh, well, I go, I don't get to take it with me anyway, but don't your kids need help? Because they're not gonna be able to run away from what's really going on. That they're gonna actually have to deal with this and tolerate it while you didn't leave them the same stability that your parents left you with. Oh wait, because a lot of you are still living with your parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I feel you, man. You know, it's to, to keep it on the politics, man. It's just, you know, black to me, in my opinion, man, black people are going to do really, you know, what you ask us if we think that it's in the betterment of of equality. But a lot of stuff that you see coming when it comes to politics and elections, it it never benefits us like Texas right. is closed down. 71, 71 polling stations. Majority of them is in low income black housing places where now you see the news and you see a line that's wrapped around the block. That's not you know, for the camera, that's because they're literally closing down polling places that, you know, some people have voted at 20, 30, 40 years. The stuff that they're doing to win the election and to keep people down is is being done behind closed doors. But we always talk about it. We always say it's being done behind closed doors, but nobody really ever knows, you know, what it is. But a lot of that stuff hides in plain sight. But because yes. we're on our phones, because we, you know, have confirmation bias, which means that, you know, we're going to just believe things that we want to believe. And you don't really have to care about what you don't believe nowadays. And nobody goes out and tries to learn about what they don't know about nowadays. They'll just act like an expert, but not really give you any in-depth, you know, knowledge on it. And, you know, I think that a lot of people nowadays are confidence without accomplishments. They, they don't really have accomplishments in anything, but they're so confident and they believe it so much. And it doesn't even matter if it's wrong. You're going to find a community that's going to support your bad ideas and your bad habits. And, you know, if you're not like the mayor and you're out with these kids in the community, you know, how do you really make a difference? How do you really make uh, a difference? You don't. No, you don't make I'm a difference and you just try to make a profit. I mean, but that's that's capitalism. That's the republic. That's America. Right. I mean, and that's the American way. That is something that is, you know, definitely just like the key. That's that's what this whole country was built on, and that's what it's going to continue to be based upon. And that's why Trump won because it was make America great again. Go back to the way where we're worried about profit. Yes, Trump made more money for America, but did any of that money filter into the black community? Mm -mm. No. And then he came out and he right. straight up offered us mm -hmm. a, 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 a plan for black America. Look, 
I'll if y'all reelect me, I'll I'll definitely just make sure that these resources go to the black community for sure. Which is mm-hmm. something that no president, including the black president, Obama did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once we look at politics, we gotta really look at, you know, what's gonna benefit us. A lot of the times, you know, a city gets a budget and then you look at the city council, their job is to allow funds. But guess what? We don't got no black city councilmen. So guess what? The Latino and the Asian and, and, and the rest of the community, they got representation there. And then they turn around and they make sure that their communities get a piece of that budget. And because we yeah. don't got no black city councilmen, guess what? They get the new gym and all scoot on. Yep. Right. They get yep. the new football field and they, they got the new football field this year. How they get the scoreboard to next year? Mm-hmm. Because right. they got that person sitting on that city council making sure that that a piece of that budget is going to that school. Mm-hmm. So I think that local government is where we need to start as a community. We really need to tap in and really get involved in our local community, uh, local government, because that's where the change needs to be made, and that's where we're going to see, you know, uh, the the la- uh, the fruit of our labors. We getting into the presidency without any power below doesn't really make any difference. Mm-hmm. But if we if we if we got state officials, if we got you know city officials, and then we get the mayor, then we get you know the governor. Yeah. Then we get the the you know the Senate seat. Now we got power that trickles down all the way to our communities. But yeah. as long as we're not represented in our own communities, they can a lot of budget, and that budget is never going to reach us. I I can't agree with you more, man. You're you're so right. You're so right. And even if you think back to like the the civil rights movement, right? Like it was it was. Martin Luther King Jr. in the streets and he was loud and he was doing his part, but we also had Thurgood Marshall that was, you know, in the courts doing battle for us as well, too. It was a it was a calculated attack on all fronts. And, you know, right now, I, I don't feel like as a people, as a black people, we have a united front. And and I agree with you. It does have to start at the local the local level, you know, it, it, I would, and you guys can correct me on this, but I would say right now, just at least for the community, I could be speaking wrong. I feel like you got to be popping. You got to kind of have some jewelry, some clout, some status in order for the, for the young people to really believe in you. You know, do you think it's possible to, to win that and get the support of, uh, of the people? Like, how do you, because you know it's hard for the for the black people to support you, but when they do, they go they go and put their life down for you. But but those first couple steps, you know, are really hard. I feel like for us. No, I'll be I'll be one hundred percent honest with y'all. The saddest part about all of this is the very first step, which is just accepting accepting you're a black male in a but predominantly white or brown or yellow uh, a setting. Like for example, with me, as much as I've been involved in you know i've literally worked or have volunteered in every single district in my community right every district goes we're so grateful for you because you're the only black male that we have to come and volunteer or come and help out with the kids do leaders or readers or anything like that so i I go back and i'm like you know when i wear a hat and glasses i look one way i take this off i look a completely different way so i'm like y'all sure you haven't seen enough of me anywhere else they're like well, I mean, no disrespect. You know, we have a lot of black women who get, you know, very disrespected or disrespected by us when we talk about how their kids behave. Then with the males, we don't see them. If they're dropping their kids off, they smell, uh, they reek of marijuana. 
if they pick up their kid, they're very upset and, and angry because mm-hmm. they're, you know, their time management is poor. But long right. story short, it's literally like as soon as you walk on campus or or go into any setting, the first person you see in the community isn't an adult, isn't our peers, it's the children. So the children right. see you, they see that resemblance of, of themselves, they see a fellow black person and go, oh my, and they run home. They run home and they talk about it to their parents or to their grandparents or whoever. I saw this guy, we did this, that, and the other, and it makes them go, oh, okay, baby, that's great. But the children's behavior changes. So then when they get older, you don't have as many of these issues where you hear a teenager did this, that, and the third at a high school or at a middle school. It's more or less like they're pushing towards being better individuals, not just better black kids mm-hmm. as stereotyped mm-hmm. in every single campus. You know what I mean? So. I, well, yeah. I laugh, like I said, like it, it's a truth. Like it really is just like, can you do it? It's like, you don't have to be popping. You just have to be willing to take a, mm-hmm. a few criticism, criticisms mm-hmm. from children. You had some, you had some dank? I, I had one point. Go ahead. So yeah. Yeah, before we wrap it up. So I think accepting, taking accountability is important for, for us as a people, like you said. And what I've learned, especially being in corporate America, is no matter how smart you are, no matter what you do, you're, you're dumb before you're anything. So you got you to gotta move that way. You can't be loud. You can't be tripping. If you get loud, they only hear your tone. If you get mad, they only see your rage. Like You got to understand that the way that you would go about most things and and get it accomplished and get to the end result when you get around certain people you can't move that way that and that doesn't make you white that doesn't make you less that don't make you an uncle tom or a sellout that makes you smart because when you do get around those people they they look at you different but then i i struggle with saying well you look at me and you think i'm different but i don't feel no different than any of these other people over here Right, and and that's one of the biggest things that I I struggle with. I, I look at it like this, man. Black people, what we've been here in this country was for five hundred years, something now, and we have never learned the system of America. Asians come over here, learn the system, make whole Chinatowns. Africans come over here, and become doctors and lawyers. You know, have whole practices. You know build whole communities and send money back home and build whole communities home at home. But yet we still, we grow up, we live, we go through the whole system. We, we are allotted to all the knowledge that every other race is, but we don't cherish it. You know what I'm saying? One of the Chris mm-hmm. Rock jokes is that uh, niggas love not knowing some shit. You ask a nigga a question, be like, nigga, I don't know that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's, that was a hilarious joke because that's real life. You know, we in America, but we don't even understand what America is. Yeah. And until we as a people sit back and uh, and learn this system and teach this system to the children, we really have no place here in America. And, and we may not have a place, man. I, my dad just said this. Shout out to my dad. He said that his grandpa told him, man, everything means something until black people get it. Wait till niggas get some money. Then money mo- won't mean shit. You know, credit mattered. Then black people got credit. Now, you know, then, then, then credit won't matter. You know, I, it, we got a lot of uphill battles to fight, but we got to keep conquering those things. I love what you said, Dan. I love what you said with, with everything you just right. said, bro. 
But let's get some shout outs before we get up out of here. Oh, shout out, uh, shout out Yah and Brand of Encouragement. Shout out to you guys. Uh, shout out to all the kids in my community that one day will hear some of these podcasts and go, wow, he was really talking some real stuff. Because I won't lie to you guys, everything we just talked about is what I talk about to everybody, from our peers mm-hmm. to little kids. And um, I love it. Like, I appreciate that we were able to talk about this tonight because I'm living my calling by doing this right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's it's rewarding to hear that I'm not alone thinking that, hey, it's okay to not be okay in these different settings, but I'm going to be the best version of me I can be, regardless how you feel about it. So mm-hmm. shout out to everybody that needs to, you know, to hear that for themselves. Yep. Shout out to Mayor. Shout out Dank. Shout out Murdoch. Uh, you guys are great. I I was hoping that I could come back for another one, and I hope that I can continue exactly. to make them because you know, even though we you know none of us have met each other, we already got some camaraderie going, and it just goes to show you when when black people get their minds put together and they put their ego and their pride to the side, you know what they can talk about and accomplish. Like this is just this is just two times we didn't did this. You know, imagine once if we get ten of these, you know, what, what we can do and. You know, it's nothing but love, and I appreciate y'all. Shout out to Regiment Worldwide, man. Uh, I'm going to drop a link in the comment, man. Shout out to my boy. He's doing big things. Just got on the Explorer page. Uh, check him out. Shout out to the gang. Yeah, man. So the way I look at it is, man, it's either you're going to make a way or you're going to find a way. And I ain't lucky, so I ain't gonna just stumble upon the way. So the way the trail that I gotta make, you know, is, is the trail that I gotta blaze, you know. So at, we we gotta be trailblazers, and we gotta, you know, when I first started my podcast, I was smoking and drinking, and you know, carrying on, and we was yelling and cursing, and you know, arguing with each other. And then once I realized that I had an influence, that I had a voice that mm-hmm. this content is going to live forever and this is a representation of me you know one one mm-hmm. thing that i'm big about is my name is my name you know i move with a certain integrity i hate when people compromise my integrity because for so long you know i stood for nothing and now i make sure that i stand for something every day that i'm breathing and that i'm making sure that we do something yes, sir. <laughs> We got to do something every day to try to push the envelope forward. And if this message changes or reaches two people that that changes the way they think, then I've done my job and I've served my purpose while I'm here on this planet. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. they put you in the cage with a lion just because you don't try to eat the lion. I mean, the lion ain't going to try to eat you, man. Politic in the podcast, man. We out. Out, y'all.